Welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we talk about two or three, sometimes more, interesting tech topics of the week and get you on your way with a fun library fact and try and get you out of here in under 20 minutes. Creation Station at Broward.org comes right to me if you have a, any suggestions for stories we should be following next week. My guest today is uh, back there somewhere in the trees, Dave Montalbano from Deerfield Beach. How are you doing, sir? Welcome yeah, back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, from the north country of Broward County, the northernmost library in Broward County. It is. Deerfield Beach, first and white library. <laughs> uh, one of these days, you're going to have snow on that palm tree for me. Well, we'll try to do a Christmas show, a holiday show. Oh, oh there we go. Oh, that'll, that uh, Christmas highlights would be a fun little holiday thing. Yeah, there we go. That'll be all sorts of craziness up there. Jeez. How is, how is your Phil going right now? Uh, it's actually going pretty well. Um, you know, this is our first home. This would have been like our normal summer reading program for programs and stuff. Um, except that, of course, at the time that my colleague Andrew Rubin and I were setting this up, we had to set this up in February. So we, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of pride the fact that we actually, we just can't get up with a deal. It's mostly children. So Monday through Wednesday's children, Thursday's the adult. And we're trying, because we're skeleton and crew missing bones, we're not doing anything for the most part on Fridays and Saturdays because of passive programming or yep. people win their prizes. But um, the numbers have been consistently good. Not, not as stellar as they were three years ago uh, when we were recovering the program. But yeah. I'm feeling good about where we're going to be a year from now because I think yeah. it's starting from a full foundation going forward. Yeah, we're all really yeah. It, the library system's really it, it's growing. It, it's it's all of us are looking at like oh okay oh wait we need to prepare for more people coming in now. We 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 got more. The, I need a bigger room for that program. <laughs> Three months, guys. Come on, we got to redo this. Speaking of bigger though, let's get into some of these stories because. There's a little bit of craziness on these. There's one big story we're going to cover at the end. I know everybody's waiting for me to cover it. We'll do it at the end. First is cars. Two interesting stories about cars this week. One, um, how long will your EV, your electric vehicle, how long will that battery last? And there, you know, your warranty is a guaranteed eight years or 100,000 miles. And the article, as always, we'll put the links in the show notes for you because this one gets a little dense. Um, bad battery pun there also. But charts and things about how long should your battery last? How do they design a battery? How do they go into and all the stuff? What did you think about this, Dave? What was your first instinct when you saw, oh, my battery is going to last me for 100,000 miles? Uh, has it been tested in South Florida? Because when you get a battery down here in South Florida, um, it's been my experience that they usually don't last more than two years. And that's all I kept thinking about was, oh, battery for life. Yeah, prove it. Prove it. Yeah. And actually, I mean, I drive in, I've been driving EVs since 2014. Um, I've never had any of my three cars um, that I've had show any battery loss at all. And your thought is a good one of like weather's going to affect the batteries and it's actually the opposite it's the ones in the far north are the ones that are having more issues because you have to warm your batteries up to get the best charge and so in very cold environments you're actually spending extra battery juice to warm up the battery to get it to a spot where you can 
run your vehicle efficiently with it or that because the type of vehicle the the batteries you're thinking about with a, with a regular gasoline car um run on a very different chemistry kind of thing for that for why for why those car batteries wear out but i thought one of the interesting things about this and they they go into porsche's got this whole new chemical battery thing going on and everything you know how they say never read the comment section Ars Ars Technica actually has some really good comments, and the very first one is what set me off on it was 100,000 miles is just getting started on my car. How often do you – what do you think about your cars nowadays? What do you think is your uh, driving a car? Um, I went from an Aztec to a Jeep, and I'm currently driving a Honda. And the Honda has been my least cost of all the cars that I've driven. Uh, my my Aztec, Pontiac Aztec, for as bad mouth as it got, and you know, the vehicle of Walter White from Breaking Bad, um, it actually held up pretty well during the, the I, I, in nine years, I did over 94,000 miles on that. And it wasn't giving me any problems, it was just one of those things where I just said it was time to get another one. Um, so, overall, I, I've still stuck to gas, I'm still, not sold on the um, electronic cars yet. Um, maybe in my retirement age, I'll go to the next level, but uh, I'm still waiting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I I think it was interesting because um, it turns out, you know, people were, as always, you know, well, my car is 200,000 miles, and this is what I do and this kind of stuff. And it turns out that the average typical car in the United States right now lasts for anywhere between 150 to 200,000 miles. And these EV batteries are guaranteed at 100,000 miles useful life. That's not your battery's now dead and it won't work anymore. That means you still have at least 60 to 80% of your charge working on your battery at, after 100,000 miles. So it's quite possible that some of these will, batteries will be lasting way longer. I mean, Teslas have some, there are some Teslas out there that are over 500,000 miles and have only had one battery swap. So it it is a thing out there. But to get you enraged just a little bit more about cars, Dave, would you pay a subscription so you could have heated seats? You know, life is complicated enough right now. That just just killed me. I was blown away by this one. I'm like, what in the world? remote start key fobs your key fob that you just so you can walk up to your car and start the car and or open the doors i'm not paying nobody for no subscription fee for this on a bmw no less you know it's bad enough we got to figure out our health insurance and the whole things with that um matter of fact i've been dealing with something with uh uh billing the last two or three weeks there's just been you know, I've done automatic billing on some stuff, and all of a sudden, that's gotten. Oh, we found out there's a fraud on, on this on this account of yours. Oh, okay, let me go through that. And of course, the first phone call you make is to the Philippines, and you're going, "Huh? <laughs> Maybe that's what an issue that somebody's taking all my numbers and moving across the world and all that." Yeah. And it's like, can you imagine? It's like late at night, and you know, you're going out to your car. It's not working. You contact customer service find out why you're paying the subscription. $18. I'm paying you $18 a month so that my 
seats warm up. What are you telling me that? Yeah, I was just like, holy cow. I mean, it's not in the United States. But remember, we got people who listen all over the world. So I, I wanted to, I saw this story and I was just like, wow. And it's BMW right now is actually doing this. This is not something they've suggested they might. This is the, there are people paying $18 a month right now to get heated seats in their cars. Um, but Volkswagen, Toyota, Audi, Cadillac, Porsche, and Tesla all have some sort of subscription model for your vehicle also. You know, it's funny because my dad retired. This is, not a, this is not a lease, by the way, guys. This is not like you're paying like your hundreds of dollars for the car. This is on top of whatever. Yeah. Well, my dad retired in 1987 as an insurance adjuster. And that was, I, I remember saying to him because it, that was when they're really making turnover from when you could work on your own engine on a Saturday afternoon to you really had to take it in because you didn't have the computer technology yep. to check your engines. And, um, I, I, to me, it was like the end of an era because, you know, I missed that DIY do-it-yourself kind of attitude yeah. with things. And the order, yeah, we covered, yeah, we covered that new right to repair that. law uh, like um, two months ago. Yeah, and it's like I'm getting more and more like that in my old age, that I want to kind of solve my own problems right now, and I don't want to again <laughs> call a customer service number over something uh -huh. and go extend it. You know. To some time zone that's twelve hours ahead of me. So if I'm calling at night at six o'clock in the evening, guess what? They're up at six o'clock in the morning across the world. Yeah, we're transferring numbers and stuff. It's like ah, it's you know, it to me it's just I I, I wish we it's like Rube Goldberg inventions. Yeah, we've yep. at, we've entered that stage of our life. Rube Rube Goldberg inventions. Well, just just to put a cap on this and why this is not going to go away, folks. GM earned just over $2 billion last year alone in subscription fees. Now, I know that this is partially their OnStar that you have to pay a subscription fee to get. So that's where that is. But just to give you an idea, GM is saying that's going to grow up to $25 billion by the end of this decade. Not like in 10, 15 years. By 2030. So you only get another eight years max before they expect this to hit. And that would put them at the same level as Spotify, Peloton, or Netflix for subscription fees. For how much money they're making off subscriptions. They're going to get to the point where they can give you the car for free because they're just going to charge you so much in subscriptions for everything that's in it. And here, I thought when I retired, I want to live in a van down by the river. And now I can't do that because I can't afford the subscription fees. You're gonna have to pay a subscription fee just to have the umbrella on your on your van. <laughs> happier topics, happier, nicer, fun topics. The big stuff this week obviously has been space. If you've paid any attention to the news at all, people have been talking about space. But there were actually three really straightforward uh, space stories this week that people should be paying attention to. One was China debuted a brand new sale, a drag sale it's called, to help them clean up some space junk. So what it is is on, they have a satellite that went up into orbit and then it's just deployed this big, huge sail that will help slow the satellite down 
and it will mean that everything around all the little parts and everything around the satellite will also get deactivated with it and get dragged down into the atmosphere and and deep instead of smashing into other things and creating those problems up there, they'll be able to suck some of the stuff down with them. You know, Bad little idea, huh? You know, I think of like four, 50 years ago, I'll just throw it in the salt water and the salt water will decompose it. And of course, you know, then we got issues with chemicals decomposing rubber and, you know, we had the rubber reefs out and, yeah. and stuff. So it's interesting because I always thought you know, back, you know, when we had very few uh, things in space back in the 60s and 70s, that naturally gravity would pull it all the way down. But the fact that it's actually hovering during that time, and we need to send technology in there to basically push it down. Yep, we need to get something up there to push it down. And right along that idea, we went to an asteroid last year. And we covered that on this show, and it's amazing. It was so crazy, and the stuff's coming back from it. Well, NASA revealed something earlier this week that was uh, pretty heart-stopping. It turns out that that asteroid wasn't actually a solid rock after all. I and thought it, it was this is... <laughs> Yeah, I know. So it turns out that their simulations were good, but not quite good enough. But the AI and the, the stuff that they built into the computers out there relaunched the um, spacecraft off of the asteroid with enough force to actually stop it from being stuck into it, as they said, like a ball pit, like falling into a ball pit and not being able to get back out. Incredible. But, I mean, if it is made of oatmeal, can you imagine what we do to feed the world with that? I mean, that would be an incredible oh, feed. I know. It's well, it's just <laughs> so. This is just an amazing thing. You've got to watch these videos if you get a chance. They um, it shows just how little we actually know. Yeah. Nobody dreamed that you could have something like that this close in orbit around us without having it just disintegrate or either be a solid rock. So we're learning brand new stuff every day. Yeah, you know, so one thing about life is the older you get, the more you, less you know. <laughs> the more you know that you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of which, the big story of the week, and we're not going to cover it in, de in depth because we could spend 20 minutes just on this, mm -hmm. is the James Webb put out their first new photos and everyone's seen some of these really cool photos. I'm going to show you one of them in a minute, but this here, if you go to marketplace tech, they talk with um, scientists about how to, how to make sense of what you're seeing rather than just show you all these cool pictures, show you what are you actually seeing? And one really good example they used was when you're looking at all these pictures, remember you're looking back in time. So, this is more like doing a core sample of like when you go out to the glaciers or you go do a core sample anywhere else on the planet. And when you dig down, the farthest stuff away from you is the early pictures that you're seeing here. And you, as the things get closer and closer to us is their more recent past. 
So when you're looking at these pictures, think about that, that some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that you're seeing out there is way back in the past. Like if they were looking at Earth, it would be 5,000 something BC. That's how long ago that some of these images are recovering. But I know. But I also want to point out here, where is the, I want to find it right here. Oh, by the way, we found a planet with water on it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> they found <laughs> a planet that's got, it's probably steam, but this is the first time we've ever been able to have a telescope that's powerful enough to detect the atmosphere of other exoplanets. We don't have a name to it yet, right? I they don't have a name for it yet. They're gonna they'll put that out, but I'm gonna put out here's a, here's a little gif working for you, um, that gives the animation between what the Hubble saw and now what the James Webb can see of the exact same galaxies, the exact same species. How much better we are seeing now? So. Go out there, explore this. There's some amazing stuff to go see. And we'll put these links in there for you to, to go look at some of these pictures. But they are just mind-blowing, aren't they? I want to throw in a little cinema thing. Uh, 25 years ago this summer, 1997, uh, the first Men in Black movie came out. And it's very interesting because the movie ends and they do this pan. They zoom out from the planet Earth to galaxies and galaxies and and uh, eventually you find out it's Martians playing marbles with our galaxy. Yep. The very next week, the movie Contact opened with uh, Matthew McConaughey, Jodie Foster. It was the a movie... very fun book. Yeah, yeah. But the movie opens with almost a similar shot of the Earth. And then it just pans away and it gives you a little time frame where you're hearing music from the 60s and the camera pulls further back. And you're hearing music from um, Big Band area. And then it gets silent, silent, then complete silence. And it keeps zooming all the way back to the end. So it's funny that within a week. It's really cool. Uh, Men in Black and Contact have mostly kind of talked about what we're talking about in the news. Yeah. 25 years later, it's reality. And again, if you get a chance, yes, it's outdated, but the movie was meant to be. Go back and watch Contact again. That movie, even on that level. It's great. Updated, I haven't seen the movie, but the book is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the good thing is they kind of follow the book and they, they made a point of just making of 1997 as complete as 1997. But the theories, thoughts, and ideas of that movie are still relevant today. And the one thing I always say is they're asking if there's God or no God or anything like that. And the characters always come up with the same answer. Well, if there's nothing out there, that's a heck of a lot of space being wasted. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff out there. And speaking of older stuff, you, Dave, have an amazing program coming up out there at Deerfield for yeah. the old-fashioned blue. Anybody who's an old old timer in the library system knows Dave was part of the Blues Brothers that did a great musical act for staff around here and he is reformed tell us about this well it's a program that we 
got really excited about doing 2020. And I had great support from marketing, great support from uh, everything. Uh, we actually had uh, blues legend Joey Gilmore here in uh, Deerfield Beach Forest White Library. And that Saturday afternoon, he converted this place from a library to a honky talk. It was one of the great moments. Um, it was the last time we had super big attendance here for the for the library. And of course, next day was the Super Bowl in Miami, so everyone was happy. It was a great time to be alive in Florida. And of course, the end of the world happened. And uh, Tim Bain and I got involved with Blue School back in, 19, in 2006, 2007. And uh, we, we had some great artists come in. We had Guy Davis fly in and do our program. And then we were looking at the funding for the next year. And of course, that's when the recession kicked in. So boom. That pro, you know, we had to put on that on hiatus, and people are always asking, "What are you doing? When are you doing another blue school?" So again, 2020, um, we got it lined up to do it, and we have all the acts lined up, and then it ended. And I kept telling all the acts that we had lined up that don't think it we're canceling anything; we're just postponing it. So right now, I'm, I'm excited to say that we're finally getting things falling into place. There's a lot of details I'm still working through. Um, and the, the cool thing is Steve Grubb is going to get, um, over our marketing guy is going to get overwhelmed with all the stuff I'm going to be giving him the next two months or so to kind of pull this off. But, uh, most of the acts are coming back that we wanted to line up and everything. Oh, that's very good. And what's really cool is this is actually going to be in the, besides our friends of the Percy White Library, we're actually kind of working with partnership with community engagement on this and possibly the foundation on this because the foundation was the one that funded this program. Uh, back in 2007. So I'm kind of excited that um, we're able to get things lined up right now. I will tell you what the big test is September 24th. This is the first major announcement going on in marketing. Yep. Is uh, Max Green is coming here. Max Green is a regular performer for us, but in research, discovered that he's one of those Greenwich Village coffee shop blues guys who, you know, while he's performing, Bob Dylan might have just sat in with him or stuff like that. Yeah. So, you have found some crazy people to be as part of this whole blues thing. It is, it is definitely an experience for everybody, and you need pay attention because, like we said, if this is happening in September. I know it's only July, but pay attention to September because a lot of these venues that we book inside of libraries, we don't have that many seats. We might be able to fit twenty five. We might be able to fit a hundred. You're not gonna. We're not fitting in hundreds of people for an event. So. Pay attention to your events calendar out there and come see us. Yeah, because the one thing I've always thrived for, and this is what Tim Bain and I was, was doing, of course, he's, of course, the Illinois County and everything, but we always want to give an authenticity to this program. And, you know, let, let's face it, you, you know, I've been in the system now 23 years or so, uh, so I know I've got less years ahead of me than I do <laughs> behind me. So it's like, come Never on, know. Let's give this one, one more class, one more series of classes, and then... Um, then, you know, I'll be the guy when I retire to get my own guitar and stand out and try to, you know. There we go. Oh, yeah, there we go. We get your back here with the with the harmonica. Yeah, no. We're going to leave everybody with that with that idea there. Dave with his harmonica out there ready to do. If you guys want to see these kinds of programs, you got to let us know. Creation Station at Broward.org comes right to you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you again, everybody. Ciao.